So I want you to take a look at this picture. I bet you don't have to think very hard about what exactly is going on here, right? It's Friday night, high school football. Nothing too unusual, just a small town in Alabama having a high school football game with 8,000 people in attendance. The players are on the field, the band is playing, the cheerleaders are jumping, parents and students and fans and people from the community, they're all there, packed into this stadium. And I'll bet if you were to close your eyes and use your imagination, you could hear the noise, hear the cheers, hear the drums, the brass, the excitement. Now look at this picture. Can you tell me what's going on here? It's also high school athletics, but you'll notice there are no band, no cheerleaders, and really the only spectators there are really bored parents, <laughs> right? It's quiet, it's measured. In fact, the only real noise is usually the starter pistol every now and then. It's a high school track meet. Now, when my kids were in high school, I attended the football games faithfully because I had two band kids and I had a daughter who was in the drill team, so I never missed a game. But I also attended all of the track meets because one of my boys ran track. And I'm gonna be honest with you, as much as I love football, I never really got over the contrast between these events. The thousands of fans and the thousands of dollars being spent in cheerleading and, and in supporting of the football team, <laughs> and then the solitary, almost lonely effort of the runners with only a small fraction of the support and encouragement. We bought the boys their own equipment, and, um, and no one was ever there. I'll tell you where this really, really showed up was at the cross-country meets. Have you ever been to a high school cross-country meet? I mean, if you haven't, boy, you've missed something, right? I mean, you literally get up early in the morning and you gather together with a large group of kids. It comes time to start the race and you stand there and you cheer for literally three minutes and then they're gone, right? They just disappear. And they spend most of the race out of sight and all by themselves. Unless you're like this mom. This is a really smart mom. She knew the route and she found a place where she could cheer her kid on. Isn't she awesome? I never was able to do that. <laughs> most of the runners, most of the time, are involved in a solitary experience. They're running a race. They're pressing to the finish line. They're battling with their own breath, their own pain, their own energy, their own drive. On this beautiful November morning, this All Saints Sunday, I want to suggest that grief is a whole lot more like a cross-country run than a football game. Much of grief is solitary, it's lonely, there are no crowds cheering you on, and grief takes time and can be a battle. 
This morning when you walked into worship, you did have the opportunity to take a white rose, and that white rose is a physical reminder for all of us of the people that we've loved and lost to death. And friends, whether that was recently or decades ago, I know it was a moment. It was a moment when the world stopped and you needed energy and heart to move forward. Maybe some of you are in that place today. And the Apostle Paul understood this. As he wrote to the earliest Christians, he addressed the lonely and solitary experience of grief. Hear these words, his words, from 1 Thessalonians. He writes, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who do not have hope. And for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Encourage one another, Paul says. Don't grieve as if there is no hope, Paul says. I just love how practical and how honest the Apostle Paul is here because he's actually saying, you know, we will grieve and we will experience loss. Our best laid plans for the future, they could be wiped out in a second. And all of us, all of us indeed are helpless in the face of death. That's all true. We'll all have difficult times and difficult roads to run. But, but while all this is true, Paul says, it's also true that God's love never ceases. And the proof of that love is God's victory over death on the cross and in the resurrection. We grieve. We grieve but with hope because of the death and the resurrection of Christ. Now, for Paul, this isn't just a nice Easter greeting, just something nice to hear or say at a funeral. No, for Paul, this is the basis of all hope. This has powerful meaning for you and me as we hold white roses today. This has powerful meaning as we will listen in a few minutes to the names of eight dear church members who died this past year. Paul declares that their lives and our lives are caught up together in God's presence forever. That is our hope. Thanks be to God. And that's powerful news. But during grief and loss, during loneliness and struggle, Paul understands people of faith will still lose hope. We are still in the position of being able to lose hope. 
reminds me of one of my favorite stories. It's at the very end of the Gospel of Luke. It's a story we often only read right after Easter, and it's about two of Jesus' followers. They're on the road from Jerusalem back to Emmaus, and they are lost in confusion and grief. They're shocked. Their friend and their teacher, Jesus, has been killed, and they are in grief, in deep pain. And while they're on that road, a stranger comes and meets with them, someone that they don't recognize, and they begin to share with this stranger everything that has happened. They pour out their grief. They talk about it. They're unable to comprehend why this happened. And then there's this heartbreaking verse, one of the most heartbreaking verses in all of Scripture. They turn to this stranger on the road and said, you don't understand, we had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped that he would make a difference. We had hoped. There they were on the road, grieving and confused, but even more importantly, without hope. But listen and remember. Remember the ending of that precious story because gospel, Luke's gospel records that that whole time that they were grieving and confused and walking that road, they were not alone. They had a companion on that road in their grief. That stranger walking with them, explaining things to them, was the risen Christ. And here's the good news. Jesus didn't leave them alone in their struggle, in their grief, in their pain. No, he came close to them. Jesus walked with them until they could hope again. Until they could hope again. As I told you, I did spend a lot of time at high school cross-country meets, and there was really only one part I enjoyed, and that was the ending. Now, there's a reason why I enjoyed the ending, because most of the meet as parents, we just would sit in a stadium or in a parking lot just waiting. But at some point, we would get word that the front runners were near the stadium. And that's when we would get up and begin to line the track. Do you see the parents lining the track here? You would get up and you would line the track. And even though it was very quiet, you would start best you could to cheer and clap and make noise. And as that first runner would enter the stadium to do that last quarter mile, we would just, just be as loud as we could. We'd make as much noise as we could because we were trying to encourage each runner to finish strong. And then every runner, no matter how tired, no matter how far behind they were, they would kind of pick up their pace and gain a little energy and focus on the finish line. There was also an etiquette at these meets that some of you may know about, and that is that every runner, after finishing the race, would circle back, get in line, and cheer the rest of the runners. And we would stand, and we would cheer, and we would clap until every runner finished the race. And that took a long time sometimes. <laughs> the author of the book of Hebrews had just this image in mind when he was writing about the Christian life the Christian journey, the race of faith, knowing that we need encouragement and hope and knowing that the lives of those we have loved and lost are caught up together in God's presence with our lives now and forever. 
Hebrews proclaims, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. The author of Hebrews points to the cloud of witnesses that line that track, that line the road. They've finished the race and they've circled back to cheer us on. They support us, they encourage us, they birth hope within us. What a great cloud it is. So today, All Saints Sunday, is a day for remembering and celebrating We remember and celebrate the cloud of witnesses that surrounds and supports this church. We remember and celebrate our personal cloud of witnesses. We stop for a moment and reflect on what gives us hope and power to face whatever comes. And today we recall that we are not alone, that God's love never ceases, especially in the hardest moments. So today, as you approach this table, you'll be invited to bring your white rose with you and to place it in one of these vases. That rose is a symbol of your personal cloud of witnesses, and when we're done, these vases will be a symbol of the great cloud of witnesses, of those whose lives are caught up with ours in Jesus Christ. And while the roses we place represent loss and grief, real loss, real grief. Remember, our grief is different, for we grieve as those who have hope. Hope that God who raised Jesus will also raise us and lead us together with him, named and connected to our loved ones and not forgotten. Hope that we are never left to deal with difficulty alone. And hope that the race we run is a race with cheering witnesses all along the way. Alleluia. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you that even in the midst of difficulty and loss, that your love never ceases. We thank you that as you raise Jesus, you continue to raise us. And we ask now for your presence in this place and in in our hearts. Raise us up in Jesus' name.